Welcome to Build with Rob. I am Rob Deerdeck, your host. I'm also the founder and CEO of the Deerdeck Machine, a one of a kind venture creation studio where we manufacture amazing companies through a little thing called systematic infusion, art, science, and magic. We also like to manufacture amazing lives. And on this show, we love talking about both. How can we all just live amazing? How can we live amazing? How can we all just create amazing, successful, sustainable, profitable companies and and build extraordinary, amazing, successful, happy, high-quality lives? Isn't that what we're all seeking out here? Um, That is what this show is all about. Wherever you listen to this show, make sure you you hit that like button, subscribe button. And as always, you want to join me on this show and just talk business and life strategy, go to DeerDeckMachine.com and and create a video, upload it. Let's become friends because I really feel like that's what happens. You know, this this show, a lot of different things can happen. Sometimes, you know, it, it leads to us getting together after the fact, you know, sometimes I might actually end up deciding to invest in your business, you know, sometimes I might send you the, the rhythm of existence and teach you my strategy on how to really uh, live a highly optimized life if you're up for it, you know, and I, I think like this show has really evolved way past um, what I had ever even considered what it could be. Um, when I initially decided to do it in the first place, you know, and it, and it leads me uh, to this concept that everything is hard when you do it at first. You know, I, it's it's this idea that anything that you want to do, it's always going to be so much different when you actually go and do it versus how you planned it versus how you thought you wanted to do it versus uh, what you expected it would be uh, when you started it. But for the most part, anytime you do something new, it's always much harder in the beginning than you anticipate. And look, this is this is everything, right? This is you're going to start a new job. Oh, it's going to be amazing. And then it's trying to figure out people, trying to understand like the rhythms and, and relationships and all this stuff. Like uh, you move into a new house. It's like, oh, all these things, you know what I mean? You start a company. Oh, it's like, I already know this industry. Like this is going to be great. And then like it's, it's all of these difficult and tangibles you didn't realize because when you built the company in the same industry, industry before you had a great operator that handed all these things that you thought were less complex like there's all these aspects of doing something for the first time that make it make it really difficult and 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 while you um go through the process of doing it it begins to get easier over time and, and, and I think if you can take the time to to realize and set your own personal expectations every time you do something new, that there is going to be sort of a process of learning, evolving, and growing until it gets past a certain point where it finds a rhythm to where it is more natural, organic, and you can enjoy it uh, the way that you envisioned it when you first started it. And, and you can apply it to the way that you build a company. And it's, it's very similar to the process of product market fit. You know, you always, you know, go through the process of putting, putting together your plan and your strategy and everything that you want to do. But once you get it out there, 
um, then it begins to reveal itself of all the things that you're doing, whether or not they're working or what adjustments you should make, the things you need to change, the things you need to rethink in order uh, to ultimately uh, find product market fit and find a successful business. And, and, and you know, it, it applies to everything. You know, it, when you create a television show, it seems like, oh, you just uh, created a show. You know, in, in most cases, you shoot a television pilot and you learn so much about the television pilot, which is essentially just one episode that's not even part of the series. You just do it. It's like a proof of concept in television. And, and there are essential because you basically get your first step of making it for real and then you realize okay here's all the different things i need to do to adjust that you know and i'll use ridiculousness as an example when we shot the pilot um it took us 18 hours we shot we got there at like six in the morning and left late at night to shoot a 22 minute pilot it was grueling. It was intense. I was trying all these different things, you know, because you just don't, even though you uh, had a really clear concept of what the show would be, you don't really know how it's going to work exactly till you do it. Uh, but we learned so much. Then when we went to shoot the series, now we prepared like, hey, we're probably going to be able to shoot like one or two of these a day max, right? And then um, be prepared for these grueling all-day shoot days. And we added all of these bells and whistles to it and and had to continually do all these reads and different things. But then through that process began to to realize like, ah, oh, we're actually by putting so much structure to the way we're doing it, it's pulling away from the best part of it, which is ultimately the way that it feels natural when we're just flowing with the clips and having fun. And then eventually over time, it then settles into, okay, all right, now we can do two a day easy. All right. Yeah. Let, now let's do two uh, before lunch. Okay. Now we could do three a day. Oh, let's do three before lunch. Oh, now it's even more optimized. You know, by the time you get to season 25, you're doing six a day, uh, you know, in a few hours where before you could barely do one in 18 hours, you know, and, and, and that is um, sort of the process for almost anything you do for, for the very first time. You know, it, it reveals itself to you and it's, it's a difficult struggle of evolution that you go through on anything you're doing for the first time. And again, if you can just put yourself in a place of, of personal expectations and understanding um, that this is the process that I'm going to go through to ultimately understand if this is, is what I like and if it's for me and if I believe it'll be successful and and lead me to the, the, the quality of life that I expected from when I decided to do this new thing, you know, because so often uh, we get so excited about the new thing and what it could actually mean for us uh, new relationship new job this company this podcast all these different things that you forget about um like all of the difficulty and struggle that you're going to have to go through to ultimately uh, get it into a place where it's enjoyable gives you energy and and hits on the expectations that you expected when you first did it you know, and, and even 
for me as this podcast has evolved, you know, I knew initially, you know, I wanted to do a podcast because it'd be the right platform for me to just be able to speak about uh, my sort of business strategies and showcase my way of thinking uh, as it relates to to business in general. And it, and it and it slowly started to evolve into, you know, sharing a lot of my sort of personal life philosophies. Um, then we said, hey, we're we're getting all these videos on our website of people that are submitting ideas for us it might be great to to have some conversations with them you know because initially I didn't want to do interviews with in a traditional podcast I just knew that wasn't for me I didn't want to have like like just interviewing other entrepreneurs the only people I wanted to interview and have on the show was partners and people that I built the companies with you know I really love that as like an aspect of like you know really giving an insight to how I build and who I build with and the stories of, of what we build. And it, and it's still a part of the show and always will be. But as, as the show began to evolve and as I was pushing to like, you know, how can I do more of them more consistent with less effort and, and put it in a place that I really enjoy and can, can optimize it. It really led to this sort of evolved state of talking life and business strategy and and then really being able to mentor uh, entrepreneurs in both life and business is something that really really gave me a ton of energy and was um, you know much more fun to produce and it was easier for me to automate and, and get it into a system and that's how the show itself evolved. Over the first 30 episodes into into what it is today, where it is mainly a, a life and business strategy mentoring show versus uh, just speaking with my partners and founders in business. And the reason it got there and I allowed it to, to evolve and get to this place is because when I started it, I, I did it knowing that I had to learn it and let it naturally end up in a place that I enjoy doing it the most and continue to experiment with what that is. I didn't, I wasn't so rigid that this was going to be the only way that I'm going to do this show and not allow myself to kind of let it evolve and adapt and grow into it naturally. Now the goal hasn't changed. You know, I I love shooting the show as it's a, a, a an opportunity for me to to in this form showcase like my philosophy and business and life, but it it is evolved much different than when we did initially, you know, and, and in the beginning, it was much more difficult for me to do and trying to figure out how much time it would take and all these different sort of aspects. And it's, it's now been driven to sort of this automated state that I'm able to get it into a rhythm. And then what have I done? I've now planned out, you know, when I'm going to shoot shows for the, for almost the entire year of 2020. 2022, right? And I was able to do that because over time I ev evolved into understanding how much it takes me to shoot uh, these openings, then how much it takes me to shoot with each guest, and then how much prep time it takes for each thing. And I slowly made it easier and easier as I learned more and more about it and how to do it and how to do it better to get it into this state. And look, it's a couple examples 
of how I've gone through the process of of you know really growing into a state of anytime I do anything new, man. I mean, it's hire somebody, it's do a new company, it's have a new partner, it's I don't I don't care what it is. I really really go into everything knowing that hey, it, it is always difficult at first, and what you have to do is do everything you can to be open minded about how you can evolve it and grow into it, getting easier and easier over time. And look, you know, now you're feeling it. You're living it. You know, you might go to DerekMachine.com right now and be like, I'm making a video because I'm, I, I want to understand what it, what it means uh, to get this type of advice that can drive me with these strategies. And that's, that's what we're ready to do. So uh, without further ado, let's bring on our very first guest. Avi Rubin, welcome to Build with Rob. How are you? Living large, man. I'm doing good. Man, t- tell me, tell me about the Iron Lion soaps, man. Tell me about it, man. Dude, it's uh, soap. You know that thing that you use in the shower every day that you probably haven't thought about, God knows how long. You know what I mean? There's a couple statistics floating out there. You know, we're a couple of dudes here, so I'll fi- I'll sh- figured I'd share the dude statistic with you. But it says 74 percent of adult males shower with what they shower with because either a it's what they showered with when they were kids mm. or b that's what their wife or girlfriend brings home yeah well, where do you think i fall into in that category i can almost guarantee that you shower with whatever your lady brings home i don't You're a family man you got kids look you, you would you think don't. so you would think so and huh. and as you hit me with this statistic i i like just started buying like Dove soap when I was like, you know, like a teenager and I've just always had yep. Dove soap. So like there you, I am the statistic like 40 plus years later. You know what I mean? Like that's really, really funny. <laughs> man. Well, break the stigma, man. man Don't I, be a statistic I, listen anymore. to me, bro. I'm going to have to get a soap scription. I might have to just, you might find my name in a soap scription soon. Cause now it's like, why don't you just have a nicer soap? What's wrong with you? You know, I, I would be honored to keep you and your family clean, brother. All right. Well, look, tell, tell me about sort of the, the history of the business and sort of the status of the business right now. Yeah, man. It, it was born out of a, out a necessity. Um, I got a real nasty case of ringworm when I was younger doing jujitsu and we couldn't get rid of it with Western medicine. Uh, I got a crazy Israeli mom who came with me to the, to the doctor one day and was like, this shit's not working. You know, we need a, another solution got turned on to the the power of tea tree and essential oils and one thing led to another and uh we were whipping up soap in like the kitchen sink and then the bathtub and then we were like fuck we need to make more soap so we bought like horse troughs and we were whipping up soap in there and it was really just for friends and family and our training partners to keep everybody kind of free and clear of the nastiness and 14 years later here we are impacting the lives of who knows how many by changing what they shower with. Yeah, look, I I love uh the process and and the pathway, you know, doing it with the family, your father and and just, you know, I can really see just from looking at the website how evolved and mature yeah. the the business has become. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to 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 kind of get into your questions cuz I I'd love to be able to give you some insight to to what I see. Well, dude, yeah. Awesome. So, let me take you back to like this current year. Um, really what happened was I, I had my firstborn baby girl and it changed my life in like the best way. It's like the, the greatest project I've ever been 
like able to be a part of, you know? And one day I just kind of woke up and was like, man, I need to like, what am I doing? You know, like I, all I want to do is spend time with her. I don't want to grind any longer. You know, I, I'm, I'm down to work, but I don't want to grind. I don't want these 18 hour days, 20 hour days. I want to raise my kid. Yeah. And we started moving the, the kind of business transitioning from a brand to a business. And that's kind of what this year I've really been focusing on. And so now really what I'm, I'm kind of at this head where we're getting away from these hobby ish type uh, tactics and these like for fun type things and really trying to systematize things, create SOPs, have, you know, standard kind of regimens for different, you know, packing days and shipping days instead of freestyling the whole thing. And uh, it's been just a massive transition. It's been so amazing, you know, to, to kind of see what I've built, right? It's the first time I've ever zoomed out and really got an idea of like what I've created. And so I guess my question is, is how, how do I amplify? How do I, how do I continue to do this to a level where I can step away and I only have to be here X amount of hours a day so that I can do what I'm really passionate about doing and that's raising my girl. Yeah. And, and look, and I, I think you're obviously on, on the right track. And I, I, I think, you know, the beauty of systemization is it leads to optimization, right? And that's when you just keep making things better and better and more efficient and takes less effort, right? The, the beauty of automation and systemization and optimization is it just reduces how much you have to worry about as it relates to things being done to your standard as the visionary for the business, you know? And, and then you get into the... Like it, now it comes down to bodies, right? And how, how, right, how right. you, how many people can you afford to drive this automation, right? Because it, it, it's in a business in, in your personal life, um, as well as your business, you want to automate as, as much as possible, but oftentimes you get stuck and need to bring in bodies in order to scale that automation to where you don't have to have oversight over it, or they have expertise in it, whether it's sales or operations and these different aspects of it. And to me, that's based off of, you know, your core customers. And I love that you hit me with like, I've got 1,240 core customers right now. I know my shit, man. I've been, I've been playing around for a long time and taking it serious for a lot longer. And and, and it's the way that you have to think about it to get to where you want to go. You know, and, and right. to me, like the first thing, my immediate thought was like, man, this man needs to scale his product offering into that customer base. I go to your website, you got it all. You already did that. Right. And so to me, again, I'm like, okay, he's, he knows he's on the right path here and understands what he needs to do. Now it's like, how do I scale that core base? And now it becomes this troublesome conundrum of, okay, I guess, do I want to spend the money? Do I want to put in the effort to try to market more? Am I going to try to like uh, hire an agency to do Facebook ads and try to convert people? It's like, uh, these are all these things. That's that literally you- the conversations I've been having the last couple of months. Man. Right. And, and, and it's like the struggle is it, the, the business is probably sustainable for you and it's your, your lifestyle, but you got to do everything. Right. And so right. it's like, it's like, and then spending the money and taking a shot at these things gets scary because like, you know, you're basically just spending your own money to see if it you can make more money, right? That's exactly right. And to me, I, I think it's one route, 
right? I don't know. It's so competitive and so hard, but I do think there are um, some other routes. Like I think obviously if, if, if you know sort of your core customer, I think one alternative way to doing ad spend is doing a deal with them. You know, like where, Hey, if you, if you drive anyone to subscriptions, I'll get, I'll kick you back a piece of the subscription. You guys have been with me the whole time. You know, I think that's a clean and easy way because they already have a deep belief in you, your mission and what the product's doing for them. That's why they're, this is their soap. Right. So it's like they're going to be your biggest advocate. So I like that as like a as like a, a, a simple way. And, and and one thing that, you know, Outstanding Foods, which is our plant based snack food company, they're just elite at product development. And one thing that they did to drive a substantial amount of revenue is they went to some retailers and made some house brands for them. Right. And right. and it was able to to give them this this significant amount of additional revenue and great margin with zero marketing, zero brand. It's just built for the for the retailer, right? And and when I I think about it for you, it's like, man, like, can you be the house soap for some boutique hotels? Right. Can you can you know to where like you're delivering, you've already done all the innovation and created the the quality and you understand the manufacturing. But are there alternative pathways for you to sell a ton of product at a consistent rate without needing to market and try to hunt down customer acquisition? That's that's one that I think would be incredibly interesting to to try and go to potentially go try and find man it's it, yeah it's it's so funny like it, it's like we had a beer last week you know i i'm i hired on uh like an assistant right i've i gave away a couple of percents of the company for someone to be here full time and handle all the operations and logistics exactly like you mentioned probably in the next 10 to 15 days i'm signing with a lodge in big bear we're going to be their official hygiene partner and fill all 27 rooms of their of their small boutique hotel. So I'm dude, I'm picking up what you put down. Bro, we might as well, we might as well have brain meld. Like before you even decided <laughs> to make the video, we were probably sipping tea at the same time. Just contemplating, contemplating the universe. And how do we make these babies stronger? Uh, look, and, and look, there's no doubt you're on the right path. Cause you're, 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 you're getting that. Uh, this is, I'm looking at what you're doing. It's, it's, it's very well done. And, and, Thank and you. you know, like, you know, your paths, right. And, and man, I love that lodge path. And I don't even, I don't even, I don't love it as much as we're the official partner because then now you've got to get branding and all this stuff. I love this idea of you making soaps for them to where it's theirs and they get the alternative and you just get to live in that margin. Right. Um, and, and either way, but man, imagine, cause the beauty of it is, is they're used, that soap is just churning 27 rooms of, uh, uh, every single day. You know what I mean? Cause it's not like the beauty, the beauty of the hotel, is it's not like they don't let that soap wear down till it's gone and then they put another one in there. It's well, one it's stay gone that next morning. That's yeah. what I'm saying. One stay, one roll. So I, I just love that as just hunting that. And and I I love that you already have one because now you can uh you know you you have sort of the cost structure that you can present back to exactly. to hotels of what the opportunity is. And and in a situation like that, 
you're you're okay with having a much more minimal margin in order to deliver the price that they need for you to have that consistent revenue. revenue yeah, that's yeah, it. And, I back that. and, and I then totally again, and then now it's on you to see where you would like to scale. Do you want to spend time and energy in scaling uh, hotels? It might be worth it, right? And and as opposed to creating additional content, hiring an agency and doing ad spend and then them sending back right. test results and like, oh, this worked. And then like you're getting a row. They're going to hit you with ROAS. And then you're going to be like, right. man, we got a three ROAS. Let's spend. And then the moment you put more money right. into it, you got a 0.5 ROAS, <laughs> right? It's the, yeah, yeah. you know, and- and and I and I don't want to say that in a hundred percent because we have a ton of businesses that don't do well with performance marketing and we have some that kill it. Right. And it's really yeah. all product based. And for the most part, the ones that are the most successful are some of our brand Luso Cloud. You know, it's a hundred and thirty five dollar slipper. So it has, you know, uh, you know, such a big margin in there. So the amount of money that you actually have to spend to acquire customers is so much bigger. Nice. Yeah. I do like the subscription because then like in this game, if you could drive people to the subscription now, their lifetime value could be. Totally. And it, I mean, know, and it's re- it makes sense for us because it's we're commodity, right? It, it really only yeah. takes one session to realize, you know, this is I'm either down for Iron Line or I'm not. Yeah. Right. And and in that instance, most of the time we're a catalyst for change. It's It's impacted their life tenfold right you, something as stupid as a shower right yeah so the, the subscription makes a ton of sense I, look and i and i love it and, and you know we just launched joe lee skin co which is a, a filtered shower yeah, i'm watching closely man you know and, and the the it's it's on the subscription model but but the beauty of that model is is once you put the unit in now now the friction's getting the unit in uh, it's actually getting someone across that big threshold and then actually getting it into right. their shower. But then once you do, you might as well just keep getting the subscription and the filtered water. Like you, your, your lifetime value is so significant because the friction's at the installation versus the friction is in um, like committing to the soap where you can sample the soap all day long. And, and I would, right. I, you know, right. I would, I would consider like that as another like they do it a lot in consumables. You know, we did it at Momentus where you, uh, you don't have to just buy the soap. Like, Hey, get a free sample. If you pay for shipping, you know, like that yeah, way, I've been with that one too. you know, it's like, then that way, like, like they, it's a, let me see for myself because like, I, mean, what, I think, yeah, I, I think it's one of the, it's one of the most difficult things to do is, you know, we don't have smell of vision. I can't tell you, yeah. I can't sell you a peppermint tea tree formula through the screen, right? I yeah. got to be able to tell a story or whatever. But again, the 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 quality of the product is so high that it only takes that one engagement, you yeah. know? And so I think that free shipping is, that's a huge, or not that free shipping, that free sample pay for shipping or whatever. I think it's a big one. Yeah. I, I, these are these tricks of the trade uh, that always work. You know what I mean? That they right. just always work. Right. Especially, classics. They, yeah. You know, and, 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 but they, it, it only works for, you know, it works great in consumables because if you try it, taste it, like it, then you're more likely to buy more and then eventually go to subscription. Right. I think, I think, you know, That's the right. soap game is, is super similar, you know, and, and it's, it, all of these are worth taking the shot in order to um, get one more customer. Right. Because it's like totally. e- everyone counts and, and, and trying to keep that 
that group loyal and servicing them and continually inspiring them and, and making sure that they stay committed and you constantly deliver for them. And then, then I think the other, another alternative to is I think you could go out and make signature soaps. Like, I think you could go find somebody that you really connect with that has a personal brand or that you think's amazing and go make their soap that you give them a royalty on that's in the line the same way you did the limited edition stuff, you know, because what you get out of that uh, is then now you get access to their audience and then like, yeah. okay, now they're, they're, it's, it's a couple more customers that come from their world and you get that earned media instead of paying for it. You know, I, I just, yeah, and, I, and I've seen that come to fruition a few times on a couple random collaborations that we've done. And I've, I've thought about that, right? Like, let me go, let me private label something for this, someone that I look up to or someone that has, you know, a cultural connection or whatever. And, and yeah, man, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, because look, even even with St. Midas, it, which is the jewelry brand that we have, like, but we sell um, almost exclusively to a single retailer. And then on Amazing. the side, um, do jewelry for prints. You know what I mean? And it's just this other yeah, complete crazy. revenue storm, uh, stream that that has added to the business that that just, again, helps like drive revenue that's just a super right. simple easy thing to do so you know i i just think, Dude, so I think let me let me ask you a question real quick yeah. if you don't mind are you are you a believer that that sales solves problems then right because my my thinking is generate more revenue so that i can hire the proper staff so that i can delegate the you know x y and z so that i can go change more shit diapers yeah yeah and and look right. it's Sales make everybody happy. Right. You know what I'm saying? More sales, <laughs> more sales makes every person happy at every business at every level. Touché. You know what I mean? Touché. So, so again, but but you want it with purpose. You know what I mean? Totally. Like you want it with purpose, so that you're, and, and you want it sustainable. Like you, you don't want to just like have these like flashes that happen. You want sustainability, and and that's why right. I'm. All of these traditional DTC markers that we talked about, I think are okay. But when I think about you really wanting to like find more time and be more balanced in in your life, like I love these bigger buys, less lifting, less friction of like hotels and private label stuff, right? Because then there's, it just eliminates all of these additional layers that you've got to, to, put it into and, and what's your next question i think your your other question was in similar to what you kind of just said but but hit me with that one yeah i mean that it was it was more or less that that same thing you know is how, how do i how do i get to that level and and i think you know it was kind of back-end answered right like it's just make more sales you know find find that that stream that's flowing quicker right so that i don't have to worry less about catching you know the fish yeah and look and i wouldn't say that that if you're looking to to find more balance in your life in order to spend more time uh with your child to make a bigger mark on shaping and evolving and being a part of their lives you got to design that time you got to design it right you know i think for me like the one thing that i really did is i designed my time so that i was there for my kids 
because I wanted to be like I was there the whole time. You know, it's like I've never missed a pediatrician appointment. I've never missed a dentist appointment. I take them and pick them up from school almost every day. I put them down for nap and pick them up from nap almost every day, except for, you know, the days where I'm out for whatever it is. But it's they're they're far and few between. But I designed it. I designed it then designed my life around that. Right. And and, you know, for me, then I only commit 30 percent of my time to working. And so uh, that's shooting 250 episodes of television, doing, uh, you know, 30, 40 podcasts a year, doing, yeah. you know, all the businesses that I'm launching, like managing my wealth and everything associated with my entire existence. I still do it within that 30%. mark. And it's because I built my time on how I wanted to spend it with my family, left the, the amount for work and then got better and better at doing it. And, and yes, like it required, um, you know, hiring more people, automating more things like in order to actually do it. But, but it started first with like, how did I want to live? And then, uh, growing into it over time, you know, and, and you got to define that. And, right. and it's, it's, in, it's all one d- design. Like the way your business and the time you spend in it and what it needs in order to back out into the time you actually want to spend in it because you want to spend that other time in your, as part of your life and that balance and free time and your friends and whatever else it is, it's all one big design. And, and you don't have yeah. to get super detailed. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm going to do this at this day and this at that. All you got to do is put some anchors in the weeks and in the days and just try to stick to them and get better and better at sticking to them. And, w- and if they're hard to stick to it, you try to find solutions that will allow you to stick to it. And that's kind of how it works. It's not nearly as rigid as I make it sound often, you know, where it really is just a handful of anchors and living with right. the intention that you want to be able to be there. And look, I'm on the, I'm on the, what does 15 years look like when, when I'm, do my life planning. I do my life planning with my time. I know when my kids are, uh, you know, when they're 10 and 11, that I only want to work for around 15% of my time because I want to really be there from like that, that, those super like developmental years leading into like them, you know, being teenagers and making their own decision. Like I really am like looking out, like, how do I, like be careful not to take on too much that that I am still burnt locked in in that 30% like by the time they get to that age I'm already I'm so optimized I'm looking 10 years into the future of how I want want to want to to make sure that I build my life to slow down on the work side with intention and yeah. if you start now by doing it you'll be in the same position you know what I mean Is that is that something you had to kind of reprogram yourself to cuz I'm I'm finding I'm finding that I, I've, I've been grinding for so long that it's hard for me to like put in my calendar, go home where I'm like, yo, but I could just write one more blog entry or yo, I could just reply to one more email. Yes. You know, you have got to completely reprogram reprogram yourself. because yeah. you got to understand you you're in a rhythm. You're, this is sort of the rhythm and how, and, and this has become habits and this has become a way of life for you. So now you right. have to re-engineer the way that your rhythm and your systems work together to where that becomes the new balance. When I started it, I could never imagine 
that there would be, and, and I designed it in 2015, and I couldn't imagine that I would get up every day at 4.30 or 5 and brain train and meditate and get in the gym, and right. that I would eat clean and not drink, and that I would track every day how I feel about my life, work, health, how motivated I am, the quality of my sleep, and ask my wife how she feels about our relationship 0 to 10. I would have never, I would have never <laughs> thought it was possible, and now it's like effortless. It's like, I love looking at right. the data. I lo- it's part of the way I live. It's like gives me all the energy, allows me to live the life that I want to live. And then what happens? Then the universe conspires to continue to deliver all these blessings and these things that keep driving me towards these clear visions that I have for the dreams and, and goals that I want to realize, you know, and I know and look at that all that all that while showering with Dove, man. I look, all of that <laughs> with some greasy, toxic Dove dry skin. You know what I mean? So I look, look forward to you, get, I look forward to getting my soap soap scription and having some Respect, fluffy, dude. soft skin. But it was a pleasure to connect with you. And, and look, I have the utmost faith that you're going to do everything that we just we just spoke about, Max. I really I really Thanks, think Rob. you got a handle on it. Now it's just a matter of executing. Yeah, man, it's, it's been, uh, you know, my, my baby's, uh, 18 months old, you know, it's been a, it's been a journey, you know, and I think this, this reprogramming has, is happening little by little. And it's just a matter of shutting everything else down and really reprogramming so that I can get to that. You know, I, I'm, I'm hearing exactly exactly what you're saying it, it just it's resonating so much. And it's just a matter of making that switch up here. I think that's it, man. Go make it happen. Respect, bro. All right. Pleasure to meet you, man. Wish you the best. Likewise. All right, be good. Yeah, thank you. Cody Hankins, welcome to Build with Rob. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Rob? You know, I'm just uh, looking forward to discussing the vision of wax shooters. You know, I got I to gotta warn you that I've been able to put like some thought into this and I may have some ideas that are that are a little bit beyond and a little bit outside of what you probably would think would make a lot of sense, but I think it might make just perfect sense. But before I get into that, please lay out the vision for what Wax Shooters is and and your vision for it as a business. Okay. So it all started off with, I used to love going out and like trying different drinks, but it was stupid expensive to do it. Like um, to get all the ingredients and everything together. It was just, it was just so expensive. So I was like, there's gotta be a better way to do this. And my brother having an obsession with the little wax candies, of childhood, I saw a video on YouTube and where they made some jumbo wax candy thing. And I was like, you know what? It'd be kind of cool if you had that in like a wax shooter, that way you could just pretty much go to the store and have all these different types of drinks that you can try. And then also the recycling recycling possibilities, I believe, are way up there. And so I took and I finally figured out the molding process and how I was going to do it. I took it to like a bunch of friends' parties and kind of got all their opinions and everything else. And I was like, this is actually really cool. And everybody seems to love it. And for the most part, I cared more about the experience of opening it up than the actual um, what's inside because the what's inside that's just that's the same as everything else that you get at a bar or this that and the other but yeah no and I started getting really really excited about it and it, it's always been a thing in the back of my head I even kind of looked into possibly trying to sell the idea 
because I was like, well, as of right now, I can't really dive into it that well, but I didn't know how to protect my IP or anything like that. So I started looking into like Diago or Diego. Diageo. Yes, thank you. Um, I started looking into them and try, um, figure out how to contact them. And there's, there's some difficult people to get a hold of for sure. And yeah, so and then I found you guys and said, you know what? This is an interesting idea slash concept. I think they would kind of want to hear it. And if you want to talk about it, it'd be a fun conversation to have as well. Yeah. And, and, and look, I, I love when someone drives an idea from like, hey, I think I got this interesting way to do it. And then all the way to where you've created an actual mold and have the actual wax shooter, you know, and and, and right for the ones that you have now, what alcohol is in the ones you have now? This is a 420 shot, which is I can't remember what all the different liquors that are inside, but that one's a 420 shot. And this is a. I apologize. It's a bit of a fruity. Yeah. And and look, and and to me, like this sort of aspect, even, even Diageo, Diageo is like, you know, the biggest, you know, alcohol business in the world who buys Diageo's like who buys, uh, you know, a celebrity's tequila brand for a billion dollars. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're like the, the hundred pound gorilla in that space. So, so even like the idea of getting it to them, um, they're just gonna, if they like it, they would just start making their own wax shooters themselves. You know what I mean? And, and I, and I think that that's kind of the problem that you have here in, in the way you've approached this concept, right? Like, I think that you, you don't, re- it's not really defendable. You can't like patent, like making, putting alcohol in a wax shooter, right? So it's the, now it's this idea of like, and you got to go and use other people's alcohol um, that you've got to mix in here to get it. So now, now you're even, you're a form factor that's a middleman. So as, in one of the most complicated industries in the world, right? Like alcohol, you can't just make wax shooters and sell them online, right? Like you got to go through distribution, three-tier distribution systems, state by state, uh, and credit, get a license in every state to even sell alcohol. Extraordinarily complex, right? Um, some I've had three alcohol brands, and I would never do another alcohol brand again unless... Unless it was some, you know, deeply unique idea with someone that had had deep experience in navigating uh, these incredible, uh, incredibly treacherous waters that is the distribution regulation uh, on a, on a state by state basis um, as alcohol is. It's the biggest nightmare in the world. Um, are you familiar with how it works? I've been trying to look into it and I've been trying to do all the research that I can. Yeah. And it's a very complicated, complex scenario to dive into. And I've been, and it's, it's a, definitely a brain buster for sure. That's what I'm saying. Hey, it, it's busted my brain. And like, I live this, you know what I mean? Like, and so to me as a young guy trying to, to, to like create something who came with a, a unique idea, I think the, the route that you have chosen is, is, is almost impossible. It's almost impossible. Okay. And to me, all, for all of the reasons that I just mentioned, but I think above all, is it's still the value proposition to the actual end consumer 
and to the potential uh, retailer on-premise, off-premise, as they say, in the alcohol game, meaning in a bar or in a liquor store, it, it just isn't enough as it relates to it's a mixed drink that's in a wax shooter in the experience. Now, so, so this is where I just want to take you and have you think. Because when I really started getting into looking at the Lily's Nick L Nip, you know, which is the most insane name. It's like the hardest thing. The name that those little bottle candies that you crack open and drink that have this delightful little taste. They're called Nick L Nip. Nick L Nip. It's the most. It's literally the worst name of anything in the history of mankind. The company Lily's is at least, you know, got a nice role to it, but they owned the entire market. They are the ones that own the market. But it, but it got me thinking, right? Why, why do we love those? Because it's this really cool experience of biting off the, the bottle and then drinking it right there. And it's like, what, what flavor is it when you drink it? What type of drink is it in your mind when you drink one of those? In, in the sense of like little wax candies? Yeah. And it depends on which one you get. Now, honestly, like it's like an or like the orange, like that's like a not like a it's like a juice, right? It's like, like a juice. Like orange juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a little juice, right? And it's like, okay, cool. Like, like this is a fun little thing and a sweet little thing. It's like a candy, but it's yeah. a drink. And to me, when I look at this, and I really began looking at like the the form factor. It's like the actual opportunity in my mind for you is to not become a bottle and a bottle replacement, but it's to become a brand, right? Like if, if you created your own shot, right? Like similar to Fireball and Kamikaze and, and, you know, one of these type of, you come up with like what this shot is, you know, and it's these bright colors and it's in this wax and the form factor is just like, um, you know, this looks more like a, a big syringe and you rip that off and drink that. And it's like taking a, a shot of whiskey, only it's this like fruity flavor and, and like a unique experiment, but you own it all. Right. So rather than going out and trying to license or try to make a bottle, you're making this cool, fun form factor that has this new, unique shot that tastes really great. That now it sits at a bar on the bar top and somebody says, give me one of those, you know, whatever you call it, wax heaters, you know, like like, you know, like wax burn, whatever you end up with your brand. Then they're like, I'm going to have my gin and tonic and take one of these shots because you chew it off, spit it. We all shoot it together, right? Like that's where you actually have pure white space to be the one of one and create your entire own brand, right? And and to me, you know, even if it's wax shooters, if wax shooters has this fun, colorful look and feel, and each wax shooter is the equivalency to a shot of vodka, right? Has, you know, 67% alcohol and it's like two ounces, whatever it is. I'm just, I don't know what the metrics are, but now you got something. And so here's, here's where it gets different. Now, Instead of you needing to navigate and figure out how to build an alcohol business and go through all this brain busting, 
you go and make your form factor with some, you know, you just put some food dye and some alcohol, uh, you know, avocado or avocado, vodka or tequila and make like a really cool shape, right? And then you go and take that to manufacturers of other and distributors of other alcohol brands, not Diageo who owns them all, but you go to like a small independent um, manufacturer and bottler and say, Hey, you have the licensed and, and the alcohol. I have the, this form factor and way to create this and a vision on how to market this and how this could be put into bars. So basically then you now have the original brand and idea that's defendable. You have now a, a one-of-one product in the entire market space that now you you go to this bottler and manufacturer who's going to be like, wow, this is amazing. This is something we've never done. Like we know we could sell this to all the bars we sell to and all the, the liquor stores we sell to. This could be a massive business. Yeah, let's partner with you. You handle the creative and marketing. We'll handle the manufacturing and distribution. You know what I mean? And I know that was fast and a lot of stuff, but you know, one of the things that I think about a lot when I get videos from people and, and pitches is, is very much trying to understand their range, right? And when they're looking at an opportunity or creating a company idea of through the lens that they're creating it through, right? And it's very difficult for young first-time entrepreneurs who, who see an idea to actually be under to understand sort of the ecosystem that you've got to satisfy in order to actually create a business that is successful beyond just a good idea, you know, and then complement that with your skill set. And so to me, since it's you proved you had the wherewithal and the and and the 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 ability to go out and source and get wax, get alcohol into a waxed bottle, you prove that part now. I I would challenge you that you are way better served to make a super fun brand and go make put it in there and make and and make focus on how it looks sitting on a bar top and sitting in the alcohol and pitch it as an additional revenue stream to bars and liquor stores and and once you get that dialed in then find a manufacturers that are much easier to get have a conversation with because they already like are like do private label bottling for other other alcohol brands and they're co-packers for other uh, alcohol brands so they will at least give you the cost structure and take the meeting with you of what it would take to create it then you could trojan horse that with like hey well I could you really use a partner in, in in manufacturing and distribution and even if they don't do it they'll be like wow this is we can't do it but we know this person that could could would might be interested in this right that now is a much more plausible path and potential path to realize this idea that you have can you connect with the vision i can and i really do like i'm gonna probably have to ask for a recording of this so i can listen to that about a dozen times really kind of get into it i really like i like the tape like i'm a complete open book in the sense of i'm always open to other people's opinions and other people's advice some whether I take it or not, maybe not, but especially whenever that person knows a lot more in that industry than I do, 
I am all about sitting down, shutting my mouth and opening it. And I know that getting into the business is complicated as all get out. Um, for my trade, I'm a welder. So I've been also building stainless steel smokers. I'm in the Midwest. People love smoking their barbecue. Yeah. So I made these smokers that are uh, stainless. I've been making these smokers that have stainless steel because stainless steel is never going to rust out. You go to Walmart and buy yourself one of the, say, uh, um, what is it? Uh, Oklahoma Joe smokers. Um, they're carbon steel, so they'll and they end up getting rusted out within um, three to five years, while stainless steel will be there for another twenty. But getting everything figured out, getting everything resourced. Oh my gosh, that was the undertaking of a lifetime. Like I, and then welding everything together. It was as fun as can be, though. I love it. I love it. And and look, and then on the other side of that, it's like it's all on you to go through this long, arduous process to make one, then you sell one. And you then you got to find a complete new customer, right? Like in 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 that particular business and world, um, you know, it's really all about like the scale is so incredibly difficult. But look, you got the spirit, you know what I mean? And in, in, in every one of these that you do, you're you're building additional knowledge and skill set um, as you evolve and grow in life. And and it doesn't matter what it is; it is all of this is is playing a huge part in your evolution. And, you know, every few years you're going to look back at like, wow, think of like the original idea versus what it became. You know what I mean? And that's really, truly a, a part of like having an entrepreneurial mindset and and growing and learning over time. So so look to, to that point, I'd be interested to hear your sort of life vision uh, of kind of like how you see your ideal life in the future based off of where you're at today. As of right now, my goal in life and my, what I'm searching for is, well, yes, I do search for financial freedom. I would love to be able to go, all right, honey kids, let's pack our stuff up, go to go go to Florida. Like not have any kind of worries in the terms of, oh, we got to save up. We got to do this. Like I would love to find that financial freedom. But I also... um, I, I have that entrepreneurship mindset and I'm a bit creative spirit at heart. I love the idea of being able to do my own thing. I love the idea of being able to evolve that thing, change things up and just have all that creative ability to change. Like I just love the idea and vision of being my own person in terms of business or anything like that. So that being said, I don't know how that's going to work, end up working out, whether it be the wax shooters, whether it be my smokers, whether it be something that I come up with two months down the road. I'm keeping on going with these ideas and just kind of looking into them, maybe not impulsively ADHD jumping into it, but at the same time, like just kind of analyzing, going, okay, this seems like a cool idea. Let's go ahead and research it a little bit see what kind of happens from there. If I, and if it ends up keep on going, it keeps on going. But I would love to find that sense of freedom. That is my main goal is to just keep on pushing towards that. And with that, I need to, I need to work on my own finances. I need to work on um, what I'm doing, like, like I'm doing for my own finances now so that I don't mess up in the future whenever I actually have a chance to have that freedom. Like, I know there's a lot of things I need to work on to get there, but yeah, I love it. I love it. And, and yeah. you know, I've, I've been really making this a part of really putting pressure on people on the show of like, you know, 
um, you know, tell us your life vision because it's difficult, you know, and, and, and when you're forced to like, think about it, you know, it's, it's usually a lot of people's first time, you know, cause you're usually head down, just like working, trying to survive while trying to do the idea that might be the thing that changes your life. But, but I think you have the right approach, right? Like put an anchor in, in how you would like to spend your time in an ideal way, in an ideal world. And then, you know, that financial freedom is a huge part of that and beginning to learn now at this stage, even if you save a little bit of the money you make and, and, and put it into that financial freedom pot now, and you begin to understand how you're going to build that. And then like when you build the business, it's your goals inside the business are, um, equally about serving and supporting that vision that you have for your financial freedom, this, this business, it could potentially be a means to accelerate that. If it finds the success, if you create clarity in that, uh, from the onset, you know, so, um, you know, uh, you actually had a, had a more advanced way of looking at sort of the different systems in life that you should be thinking about, uh, com- compared to some other people. So that I have uh, talked about it so far. So I think you're, you're off and running, you know, um, uh, and, and, and I think it's, it's great for someone like you to constantly be thinking about it because the more you think about it, the clearer you will get. And, and then the clearer you get, the more likely you are going to be to get there. You know what I mean? All right, look, Cody, I, I, I am, you know, I, I appreciate going through the exercise, laying out that vision. I appreciate you being open, uh, to what is a pretty substantial change in the idea, but I really think you 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 got something that that has a lot more potential if you kind of follow that route and go back and listen to this thing a couple times. Uh, you know what I mean? Once we throw it out there and 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 think about reengineering the idea from there, because I think if you do that, you you have a much higher uh, percentage of seeing that thing come come to fruition. Because I think it, it with that strategy, it could be something really cool that that does happen and come comes alive. I appreciate it, Rob. Thank you so much. All right. I look forward to, to, to seeing wax shooters in my local liquor store in the future. You know what I mean? Woo. Another episode of build with Rob, man. Got to tell you, I mean, I say it every time at the end of every show, how thankful I am for everybody, uh, that participates in this show that, that listens to this show, who sees the content and comments and shares and and is like, oh, I believe in that, Rob. I believe what you're saying. Oh, that's the truth right there. Um, you know, I really, really enjoy um, seeing everybody's feedback. I'm thankful for everybody that's come along and, and being a part of this show. Um, and, and again, you want to be a part of it? This is for everybody. Let's 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 talk about life and business. You know, go to DirtDeckMachine.com, make a video. Uh, next thing you know, it's it's me and you having a virtual mentor session. Uh, again, if you're not necessarily someone with a business uh, looking for business and life strategy, but you want to engage in what we're doing down here, you can always become a machinist. Uh, you can also uh, sign up to do that at, at DeerDickMachine.com. But, you know, to everybody out there, thank you so much. And I know deep down in your hearts that you're going uh, to decide to build the plan for your life. I know that you're going to make sure it's crystal clear to you and that you're going to take the action so that it always and forever happens and rewards you with manufacturing your own amazing existence. A little thing we call see it, believe it, do it. Till next time.